Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him today. Guaranteed we're going to challenge you and me today with our conversation. We're talking today about public education. You know, when I was a kid, we all got the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah, I know that I always struggle with that whole deal because only one of them starts with an R. But, you know, that's what they said. But I got a public education. I loved my public school experience. My faith was challenged. I was genuinely loved by my teachers. I still carry the lessons learned in and out of the classroom from all those years ago. But what happened? There are still amazing teachers in the classroom, but the classroom has been inf- infiltrated with politics and sex education. The bottom line is that as Christ followers, we need to understand that the majority of the lost kids in our country, they're in public schools. If we abandon the public schools, we abandon the kids to a potential eternity in hell. But how do we love those kids in an ever hostile anti-Christian environment? How do we get involved in the public school environment without subjecting our kids to some of the same garbage that's being taught instead of just reading, writing, and arithmetic? Well, we've got an expert on the line today. Today's a Love 2020 show. We've got a phenomenal contact out of Atlanta, Kathy Branzell. And she is our Love 2020 contact as we talk with people that are in tons of different kinds of workplace opportunities. Their workplace is very different. And Kathy Branzell has has arranged for us today to talk to Cindy Marks. Now, Cindy Marks is from California. And I'll let her tell you what city if she wants to when she comes on the air in a second. But Cindy is heavily involved in the public education environment and desperately wants us as Christ followers not to give up on public education. So here it goes. Kathy Branzell, Cindy Marks, welcome to I Work For Him. Hey, good to talk to you. Welcome back from Israel, Kathy. Cindy, are you there? Thanks. Yes, I'm here. Good. So, so good to have you guys on the air with us today. Thanks. Cindy, I'm just going to let Kathy ask the, answer the first question because I've been just dying to hear. Kathy, you just got back from Israel. Yeah. From, I don't know, how many days were you there? Ten days were you there? Um, uh, Twelve days. Yep, it was my fourth trip. Twelve. Okay, but what was the most impactful part of that trip, getting to see Israel? Uh, so I'm still unpacking it all. Amazing. I would just beg all your listeners, everyone needs to go to Israel at least once in their lifetime. But one thing that really struck me, um, especially thinking about the show today, was that we went to the Valley of Allah, which is where David slew Goliath. And then, not so far in the distant future, in one of the darkest 
saddest uh, times of David's life while he was in a cave. He was actually in a cave kind of overlooking the valley where he had slayed Goliath. And and he wrote psalms about it, and, and just in deep despair, God, did you really mean? Are, are you really here? You know, what about then and why now? You know, kind of thoughts running through his head. And so it made me think, you know, you may be a stone's throw, pun intended, from the boardroom where you had your biggest success or the classroom where you've had your, your greatest class and you felt like you were making a difference or you overlook the living room where you've had some of the happiest memories of your family and wondering where you are right now. God, did you really mean, are you finished with me? Are my best days behind me? And God says no. And so that was one of the greatest things to get to see where all of these different Bible stories take place. But then, um, you know, also to just connect it with today and now. Today's a Love 2020 show. Love 2020 is a movement in our country to bring, well, Kathy, I don't need to say it. You tell people what Love 2020 is all about. (laughs) Uh, Love 2020 is about bringing everyone together so that we can share the love and the message of Jesus Christ with everyone in America by the end of the year 2020. And we're specifically talking about people bringing an authentic touch of Christ into their workplace to everybody they work alongside by 2020. Here's my question. Do you have anybody planted in the White House yet? Oh, we do. We actually have several people planted in the White House. So. And see, that's We're what excited. people need to hear. People need to hear, listen, I'm intentional, and I'm in the White House, and I'm praying for people that I work alongside. That's right. That's right. We have lots of people um, in the White House, in the Cabinet, and in Congress, and so we're very excited. Very, that is very, very cool. Now, would you like to introduce our guest? I would. So I am so excited to introduce Cindy Marks to all of your listeners. Cindy and I met at a Pinnacle Forum meeting, uh, gosh, years ago, several years ago, and God just knit us together instantly as sisters in education. Um, I was a school teacher for 10 years and uh, worked in education ministry up until the time I uh, joined Love 2020. And um, Cindy is an amazing woman. So many times people talk about how the future of the world is in your classroom, but people forget that those kids' future, the decisions are made in a boardroom. And Cindy has been um, on the school board there in Modesto, um, California for many years, been on the California Board of Education. She uh, you know, I often ask people when they complain, when's the last time you went and talked and prayed with somebody from your board of education? You know, the, the board decides curriculum, they decide about your schools, they decide about the safety, they decide about how, how students are going to be taught, how religious rights are going to be exercised or persecuted. And Cindy is exactly the kind of person that everyone wants on their school board, and I just adore her. So I look forward to hearing you uh, interview her today. So, Cindy, my question for you as we welcome you to iWork for Him, we're so grateful that you're willing to give us your time. And we know that in California it's lunchtime, so I'm hoping you're getting a chance to eat while you're talking to me on the air. But how does your work in the public education sphere give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of our world? Well, it's been interesting because being on the school board in my local community, which Modesto is about 200,000 people and my school district has about 30,000 students. And then from that point, I was elected in 1997. And since then, 
God has allowed me to be elected five times, and so I'm in my 20th year on my local school board. But in that time, God has allowed me to be placed in the California School Boards Association, which is a, a nonprofit that helps train school board members around the state. So they help 1,000 school districts help their school boards know how to put in the right curriculum to help their students do well in California. Well, God opened up a door for me to be in that on that executive board, and I ended up being a president of the California School Boards Association in 2013, which was an amazing opportunity to work with legislators, to meet with the governor a couple of times, to be able to speak into them anything that I felt that I believed was something God was calling me to say, but to do it in a way that is winsome and to try to do it in a way that um, they they knew that I was conservative, but it wasn't something that they would pull against and try to thwart what I was trying to do. So everywhere I went, God opened up doors and allowed me to be able to speak life and truth and into lives that I met with. And as I look at that and just think about California, and there's a saying, as California goes, so goes the nation. And so mm-hmm. many things that happen in California happen across the nation. So whatever we're seeing happening now across our nation, has many of those things have started in California. And we have a high population of Latino students, high, po- high um, poverty, high populations of immigrants. And, and then the structure in California and education um, is very liberal and tends to, um, people who tend to have more of a liberal bent tend to get into education. And we know that the lives are changed by how we are taught. And then that formulates how we think about things and what we accept and don't accept. So as I watched this happen in my own school district, I was the mom who got involved in the classroom to begin with. And just to be able to be part of my kids' education and then wait and see how God was going to use me just from that perspective of being in the classroom. God needs us in every sector of society. God needs us in every potential place of influence. He doesn't need us abandoning some to the enemy. And public education is one of those things, as Christ followers, that we tend to go, we throw our hands up and go, "Eh, it's hopeless, we can't do anything. We've got Cindy Marks on the line with us today, along with Kathy Branzell from Love 2020, and we're talking about public education. Cindy has a passion, in fact, five times elected to the school board in Modesto, California, served on the California school board. Cindy, as you look at public education, and you've been in it 20 years, and you've seen it go places in 20 years that you probably never thought it would go. How frustrated do you get when we as Christ followers say, yeah, I'm not dealing with it anymore. I'm going to shove my kids in a private school. Well, I was there. We did. We put our kids in private school. And at that time, I was like, there's no way I'd put my kids in public school. It's too scary. And so I just poured myself into helping in the classroom, doing those things. And I was the mom that every mom came to with their problems, and which actually gave me some great skills in knowing how to go to the superintendent or the principal of the school and ask questions, to research things, to do my homework. And so I was learning things I had no idea that were going to prepare me to be able to be in the public sector. So then when our kids, our older boys, reached high school, my husband really wanted them to be in the public school. He said, we need to 
inoculate them, not isolate them. So he wanted to be able to teach them to be good stewards of the work and teaching that God had given them. And then we taught them a lot about um, uh, evolution, and we had them read books on evolution so they understood the opposing views so that they could give good arguments in the classroom when they were challenged. And in that process of putting our first son in the public school system, and then I homeschooled our younger son because he was, uh, anyway, he was extremely brilliant, and it was very hard for teachers to know how to challenge him. And so he, it, it was, so I had one in private school, one homeschooling, and one in public school. And as I look at that time in my life and how God used a teacher and a secretary in the public school system asking me to please run for the school board, I didn't think I had the experience or knowledge to be able to do that. But I realized later that God had prepared me through all of the instances and conflicts that I had faced and taught me that, yes, you can do this. And at that time, it cost about $20,000, needed to raise a lot of money. But I knew that I had such a heart for what was being taught in the schools. I was also a guest speaker for Bethany Christian Services, which is an adoption agency, And I would go into the public schools, and I would speak on abortion, adoption, and fetal development. And each time I would go in, God helped revise that into something that just spoke truth to the kids. And as I did that, I saw God using me in the public sector, and then that helped me become a better speaker. I took Toastmasters so I could actually speak publicly, because I was terrified to do that, as most people are. And just to learn those skills, to be able to be good at what God would call me to, not realizing that he would get me elected into the school board. And then I'd have to stand up and talk to people about what I believed and the foundation of my values, where they came from. And I didn't have to say I was a Christian, but just speaking truth. And I love what it says um, in in Colossians 4, 5, and 6. It says, behave yourselves wisely, living prudently with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians, making the very most of the time and seizing or buying up the opportunity. And let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. And so learning how to live in that... Life. I lived in a totally Christian life. I went to Bible study. I was at church every week. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was not in the public sector at all. So I had to learn how to be that and just asking God and His Holy Spirit to teach me and guide me at every situation and then to be able to speak boldly. You learn how to be salt and light. And Kathy, that's really the point behind Love 2020 is that each one of us has the opportunity to be salt and light in our workplaces. Just like Cindy has adopted the public education sphere in Modesto, California, there's so many people around our country that have an opportunity to be in a place that a pastor never will get the opportunity to be. And it's, it's all about being ready, being equipped, and being willing. Isn't that what Love 2020 is all about? Exactly. And, you know, and I, one of the things I love about Cindy so much and, and what she's telling us is we have to prepare. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare our children. Um, you know, you want your light to shine brighter and higher. You want the warmth to draw people in. And that's not something that just happens. You can't raise your children 
passively and just think, oh, they're going to get it in Sunday school class in that 45 minutes or whatever it is. You have to be very um, determined and diligent and talk to them, uh, you know, at mealtimes and on the way to school or on their way to soccer practice and while you're watching television, whatever it is, just like it talks about in Deuteronomy. And so I love how she had, uh, you know, a kid in public, private, and homeschool. She can talk to everybody about it. And then over and above that, she went out and cared for other people's uh, kids. Uh, she She's being very humble, but in addition to what she did and all of going and speaking, she has worked with a lot of at-risk kids, um, kids that some people would just steer completely clear from. Cindy runs to them. Well, um, and what you're saying children is involved Cindy- in gangs. You know, uh, mm-hmm. runaways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got to be deliberate. Well, and what you're saying, though, is that Cindy got involved in messy ministry. And so many of us get, yes. we get, we get intimidated by messy ministry. But Jesus was the best at messy ministry. I mean, Jesus, mm-hmm. he didn't hang out with the people that were all whitewashed on the outside, he, who were already messy. They were very messy people. He liked right. to hang out with people that were messy on the inside and on the outside. And, and we're, we're talk- all messy people, if we would oh. really just admit it. We're all messy people mm-hmm. that need love. Oh, no, I'm not messy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you. We're all yes, messy. Sir. Yes, we are. Amen to that. We're talking yes. today with Cindy Marks. She's uh, she's on the school board in Modesto, California. She's a public education guru, but she didn't get that way because she went to college at Harvard to become a public education guru. She's a mom. And she had to understand the public education system in order to plug her kids in right where they needed to be. And because of her influence, she was placed in a spot where she could be in a bigger influence. And Cindy, I think that that's where I know that it's it's probably awkward to, to take the praise. And, and we're really not trying to raise you above others, but we're trying to use your example as an encouragement to others to let them know, hey, I didn't get a, a doctorate in this. This is where the Lord moved me. Yeah. Yes. And that's just like the disciples. I mean, look at these guys. They were, you know, 12 fish, you know, not just fishermen, but all different aspects in society. And yet they were, even in the Bible, it calls them unlearned. And yet look how God used them to turn the world upside down after Jesus left. And I think that's the thing that we have to remember, that no matter what the circumstances God has put us in, He has empowered us with the Holy Spirit and his word, to be able to be salt and light wherever he places us, and then asking him, just opening our hands and saying, here I am, Lord, send me. I remember praying that, not knowing what he would do, and then boom, all these doors have opened in my life. I had no idea this was how he would use me. It doesn't mean that they've all been easy. It doesn't mean that I haven't faced a lot of conflict and, you know, trying times. But in all of that, I think God uses those difficult times to hone us and strengthen us and to burn away those things that are not holy, to make us and mold us and shape us into what He wants us to be. And I think many times we want to run away from those challenging situations and just stay in some place where we call it safe, and yet we're abandoning God's calling on our life to be salt and to be light in the place that He's mm. put us. And I think that's the hardest place in the world is to step out and say truth. And it's hard. In California, speaking truth is a hard thing at some, you know, different (laughs) meetings that I've been at. But I remember... Yeah, yes. most of us, most of us, when we heard that California was trying to, th- that they have a petition out there to secede from the nation, and most of us conservatives would say, okay, 
See ya. Yeah, <laughs> because, I know. Be, because what because what happens in California impact. I mean, I, I know it's a terrible thing to say, and I, I said it tongue in cheek, but I know it will never happen anyway. But it's what's what's sad is so many Christ followers, and and I am am one of them. I never was involved in a public sphere spot, but so many of us Christ followers. I am now. People tell me I'm part of the media. I had no idea, but so many of us have stepped away from making an impact on those on those areas that we have influence and where we have opportunities like a local yep. town commission or a local school board but Cindy when you look at the public education sphere when you look at that workplace that you've been put in yeah it's volunteer and I know you get paid you know you know probably 10 or 15 cents an hour to do all the work that you do but <laughs> when you look at, when you look at the public education sphere is there hope I believe there is hope, and it's only through Christians getting involved, and that's just being a mom in a classroom. When you're in your children's classroom, you can make such an impact on the children that you're around, and then you learn about who your kids are playing with, you invite them over for parties and get-togethers, and you're getting to know them, and then you can bless the teacher, finding out what the teacher needs in the classroom, and maybe partnering with a church and saying, hey, I found out that our school is, you know, we have this many um, poor kids at our school. They, I mean, they, they don't even have new shoes. Can we as a church, buy shoes for the kids, or can we get coats in the wintertime, depending on where you live? It's one of those things where as you build those relationships, and here's what my biggest aha moment was. I thought getting on the school board was all about changing the rules in my school district on how education was done in my schools. And granted, I've had an impact on that, but that hasn't been the biggest impact. The biggest impact has been the relationships that God has given me as a result of being in that environment. Now, there is no way in my little church, you know, circle and my Bible study circle that I hung out with all my Christian friends that I was ever going to have an opportunity to meet the mayor, to talk to city council members, to meet my board of supervisors, to get to know my legislators and have their cell phone numbers and I can text them and ask them questions, to meet with the governor. Who would have ever thought, little old me, mom, stay-at-home mom, taking care of my kids, you know, working with refugee children in the, you know, bad side of town and just doing my own thing for most of it, that God would open up those doors for me to have an influence. And then when he said, look at your city and look at the crime in your city and where it's at, it's under a curse and I have an answer to it. Then I was ready to hear what he had to say. We're having a fun conversation today as we talk about public education. A lot of us, and I got to tell you, my kids were in public education in Minnesota. We moved to Florida and we put them in private school because I had so many concerns about public education. But I'm getting kind of schooled right now, yeah, pun intended, by Cindy Marks. She's in the, on the school board in Modesto, California. And she's talking about the fact that our influence as Christ followers is desperately needed within the public education sphere. Kathy, as you brought Cindy onto the show, what was the one thing you really wanted our audience to hear from Cindy today? I wanted them to hear, well, two things. I wanted them to hear hope. I wanted them to be excited again and ignited to partner with school board members, to partner with teachers, to partner in education instead of deserting it and standing on the sidelines and complaining, to jump in and go, here's a place where I can love. 
I can I can help that classroom teacher. I can I can run for a school board. I can do this, and and to to be revitalized in that hope and to go and share the love and message of Jesus um, at the schools. And and the other thing is to hear that it wasn't easy. Um, you know, Cindy says uh, she was afraid to speak in public. Most people are public speaking terrifies people, but she went and learned how. And so it's not that it's going to be simple. Um, but it is going to be spirit-filled. If God's calling you to do that, if there is something in your heart, uh, Cindy spoke right before the um, the break about she could see, you know, where crime was rising in the area in her city. Where God breaks your heart, that's a bringing you to something. Uh, go and be the difference. I love that Matthew West song, you know, when he's grumbling about everything, and he says, God, why don't you do something? And God says, I did. I created you. So that's, that's what we're here for. That is a powerful one. But how does all this fit in with the Love 2020 movement? I, I, you know, let's help dot the I's across the T's for our listeners. Yeah, so Cindy is part of our education sphere. So with Love 2020, we have 40 different areas of cultural influence that we call an affinity sphere, 40 different ones. And Cindy is part of our education sphere. So she speaks into and helps us develop strategies for all over the United States, how do we go and share the love and message of Jesus Christ in a very strategic way to make an impact uh, in cities, big and small, all over the U.S.? And, and we have uh, several members. We have a really strong education sphere, um, but Cindy's one of, one of our amazing members, very faithful, and we have learned a lot from her and done a lot together. Mm. Great. That's fantastic. Cindy, I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your story. I'd like, because we've got people, a lot of people that tune in at the bottom of the half hour. Let's kind of refresh a little bit. Let's talk about, I want to hear the story because we didn't ask you this question. How did Jesus intersect your life? And then how did you grow to have such a passion for public education? Well, first that passion came as I was a mom in the education system and learning about it and, and seeing about it. But the place where Jesus intersected it was after I was on the school board and how I was thinking that it was all about changing the rules, which I have been able to, you know, influence those. But the main part was that for some reason, God reminded me that our city used to be known for really good things. We had Church of Modesto. It was known around the world. People wanted to come here to see our city, and we had the lowest divorce rate in the nation. And the pastors were getting together, praying together. And it was just an amazing place. And then suddenly something happened just before 2000, and our city split and had took sides. And just uh, it was a very sad thing. And then from that time on, we were in international news for horrible crimes that were committed. And here we went from being known for something good to being known for all these bad things. And it happened within two years. And God reminded me of that. And then we were known for being the number one car theft capital of the United States, the number one methamphetamine capital of the United States. And we we're also known for um, our graduation rates were fairly low, 78%. And when you look at all of that, it just, it was like God showed me, there's a curse on your city, and I'm calling you to go meet with the mayor and do as Hezekiah did. He got together with the priests or the pastors of the city, the elected officials, and then later the whole city came together to pray and ask for God to come and help them find the answers and to repent before him. And so I said, I can't do that. I 
you know, I knew the mayor, but I didn't know him super well. And I thought, here God's asking me to go in and ask him if we could have the elected officials pray together. Oh, my goodness. So I prayed about it. And then my pinnacle group, a group of lady leaders that are in our city, they encouraged me and said, you need to go do that. I believe God's calling you. You already told us he was calling you. Go do it. So they prompted me to go. And I went into the mayor's office. I felt like I was going in to see the king, like Esther. What do I wear? Is he going to hold his scepter out to me? You know, will he accept what I'm saying? You know, it's, how do you ask a city mayor? You can ask the elected official to repent. To city. <laughs> yes, and to repent. So I went in to him, told him my story, what I just told you about our city and the things that I realized. And he said to me, two pastors were just sitting in the chairs that you're sitting in right there telling me the exact same thing just before you came into my office. And so he said, yes, I want to do this. So we started a prayer time, 630 in the morning. We met in the council chambers. Um, We got permission to do that. And then we just met for an hour. And I sent an email out to the 40 elected officials in our city and Tina. And then we started praying just for crime, for uh, wisdom, for the city council members, for our school board. In six months, our gang crime went down 47%. 47%. And we were knocked off that year. We were no longer the car theft capital of this nation. We were no longer the methamphetamine capital of the nation. And our graduation rates went up 2 I think, or 3% that year. It was incredible. So we knew God was doing something as a result of our prayers. And so I watched him work. He opened up doors. Love Modesto started that year. Other um, kinds of ministries started that year. So we know God was holding back blessing because we weren't crying out to him and asking him to heal us and to change us and that we were repenting and taking responsibility for what was happening in our city. But to see elected officials come together, and then we invited our pastors to come, and they prayed with us and blessed us and sang with us. And I'm telling you, God started something amazing in Modesto, and that was 2009. And now God has given me, somebody came from San Jose. They had a plan for praying for our city every single day. And so what we did, San Jose became the safest, large city in America during the time that they were praying. And it was, we have each church or ministry takes a week, and we just ask that two or more pray for their city, and we give them a prayer sheet, and they pray the seven influence, one being education. We have them pray for business, family, church and citywide ministries, arts and entertainment, government, and the media. Because media and education have the most impact on culture. And so to be able to ask God to bless those in media, to pray blessing, all of our prayer requests are for blessing and not cursing, because God uses our words to bless or curse. And we're asking God to give us blessing words and words that will encourage other people and help them get involved from it in a different level. I love your enthusiasm. I'm so excited, Kathy. Now I know why you wanted to make sure Cindy Marks ended up on I Work For Him. And it's so encouraging to hear that you were obedient. God called you to do something that was way bigger than you. He asked you to make be an impactor in a city of a couple hundred thousand people. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm just a, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I can't do this kind of stuff. And he goes, no, no, it's okay. I, I called Moses to go, and he wasn't equipped to lead two million plus people. You can do this. This is, this is not a big deal. And he equipped you and took you along the way. And, and 
incredible things happen. You know, half of me wants to know what happened in 1999 that caused the city to go upside down. But I already knew, and our I work for him listeners that are longtime listeners already knew that great things were happening because we had a ministry on about a month and a half ago from Modesto that talked about how uh, sharing how they've been impacted and that there are over 300 ministries in Modesto, California alone collaborating, mm-hmm. which yeah. is amazing yeah. because in Tampa Bay, there's 75 and we have four oh. and a half million people and, and we only have 75 collaborating. So there's so much opportunity, so much room for, for improvement. But as we look at this, this is the impact that we as just everyday people can make in our country. If we're yep. just willing to be obedient, and Kathy, that's really what Love Twenty Twenty is all about. Be an influencer, and, and I, I don't want to miss that. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to miss the piece about how because uh, this is huge. Because this is where America is right now. Uh, it, Cindy said something happened, and the city was divided, mm-hmm. and all sorts of curses, all sorts of bad things happen when we're divided, when we're mm-hmm. against one another, when hatred and anger gets a foothold, when we start speaking curses and complaints and grumbling against each other instead of getting together and pray together. And what happened when unity happened in Modesto, when people humbled themselves and repented and came together, that's when healing began, and that's when great things started happening again in Modesto. And what was interesting while we were in Israel, because there's people there from all over the world, and people would hear us speak, strangers in restaurants and elevators and hotel foyers and everywhere else, they'd say, are you from America? And we would say yes, and they'd say, is America really as bad as it seems on the news right now? Mm-hmm. It, uh, what has happened to America? And the big question after we would say, well, yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. They wanted to know, are protesters really burning cars or, you know, and, and tearing up uh, blocks, city blocks of, of businesses and things like that? And they would say, what's going to fix it? What is your hope? And I would say the love of Jesus. And some would recoil and some would make faces and they'd say, how is that going to work? And I'd say, because it's when we come together in love, in unity, under the wings of his authority, that's when our land will be healed. And it's all got to happen by receiving his love and sharing his love. And and so we got to talk about that all over the place because people wanted to have a conversation about the division in America, and we could turn the conversation into um, discussing unity under the wings in love of Jesus. Well, and really, in reality, the division... In America is not near as great as the media makes it out to be, but the media is kind of fueling a lot of that division. I mean, there is definitely disagreements, but it's not near as bad as what people make it is. But it's just the same thing with public education. Public education, this is in my opinion, Cindy, you can correct Mm -hmm. me, isn't as bad off as people make it out to be, but it can get there if we continue to just withdraw from being an influencer. If we, yeah. if we, right. like I like to end the show many times, I get to say this, the enemy of the bat, the enemy of the souls of our, excuse me, the enemy of the souls of our coworkers and employees takes this battle very seriously. Mm. We need to take the battle seriously because he wants them. He wants to win this battle. He doesn't want to give it up. Mm. Cindy, tell us that there's hope and that we can all make an impact like you've made an impact. There is hope. And as I look at public education going through transition right now with a new administration, 
And I believe that God's going to allow doors to more doors to be open because now charter schools, which charter schools are in California also publicly funded, um, there there's good charter schools and not so good charter schools, just like there's good public schools and not so good public schools. But to try to be able to say, how can I get involved in the community that I live in? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we live, and that's the part that makes a difference. So when we get involved, it changes the dynamics in that community. It changes the dynamics in that school system. And so I'm always encouraging people, don't abandon it. Try to get involved and realize that your children, if you're, and you're teaching them at home, they can make a difference in school, in the conversations that they have. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, so that he can rightly divide the truth, so that a student can get on the debate teams. And in our community, that's a huge thing. We have a huge group of kids that get on debate teams, and some of them have gone to Harvard and are getting to be professors at Harvard. So just to look at that, that's where we want to go with our students. We're talking with Cindy Marks today and Kathy Branzell from Love 2020. Cindy Marks is on the school board in Modesto, California. And everybody goes, California, can there really be any hope for California? Absolutely. We got phenomenal listeners in California. And just because California tends to be a little more radical than the rest of the country, there's hope for every part of our country. Cindy, I got a couple of things I want to make sure that we really hit before we go. Tell me why you wanted to get involved in the Love 2020 movement. Just to be able to see how God can use our local um, ministry leaders and people to change education where we live, just to connect. So when I tell people, here's the goal of Love 2020 and education sphere, is to be able to connect every school with a church or ministry so that every school is has their needs met in some special way. So here's something that I did just based on those calls and Kathy and her great leadership and the wonderful group that we get to discuss together some of the ideas that they're sharing all over the, the United States that they're doing. But here's something that I took away with and was able to do. I had someone approach me about doing a staff appreciation day and so what I did was, because I have relationships with some of our principals, I asked a principal in our inner city, they wanted to do it in the, the really high poverty area of our city, and so I asked him if he'd host it, and then we invited five of our highest need schools, their staff, so that's their people who do the food service, the custodians, the administrators, principal, and so we invited them to come to a lunch, a free lunch, because somebody sponsored it. And then what we did, and we gave them little gifts, didn't cost a lot, but things that they could use on their desk or in their classroom. And then what we did was the pastors that came, we, at the end of it, we asked if it was okay if they prayed just one-minute prayer. So there were three pastors that prayed. They just prayed one-minute prayer over all of the teachers before the beginning of uh, teachers and staff over the beginning of the school year. And I had no idea what an impact this would make on the staff. They were, they interviewed them on video, and they were in tears. They were so grateful. The lunch wasn't, you know, it wasn't a super fancy lunch. It was a barbecue outside. We had 200 and about 200 of the 250 staff members attended, and they were so blessed. They had never been touched like that in a special way. And I thought, here's something that isn't a huge deal 
it took, you know, six or seven of us that put it together, but just to see how God blessed them that day. Those kinds of things, just blessing our local schools in that way made such an impact on them. And they were not offended by the prayers, which great, we were grateful for that. We just wanted to make sure we abide by the laws. They weren't, you know, they could leave if they wanted. So it was one mm, of those wow. things where we wanted to make sure we blessed everybody in a special way. And just to hear mm, those pastors pray so- blessing, all good over everybody that was there. It was wonderful. That is, wow. that is so powerful. Cindy Marks, thanks uh-huh. for sharing that. Kathy, as we come to the end of the show, talk about how people can get involved in the Love 2020 movement. You still need people joining us, right? Yes, we still need people joining. You can go to our website at love2020.com. And you can join us, you can learn more about us, or send us stories about how Cindy inspired you, how Jim inspires you, how you are sharing the love and message of Jesus at your workplace, whether you're a school teacher, a business owner, you're in the military, healthcare, whatever it is, wherever you are, send us stories and just join the movement of sharing the love and message of Jesus with everyone in America. Are you starting to get stories? Are you starting to get people going, hey, I joined the movement. I'm starting to pray. I mean, are you starting to get some of those stories? Yes, we are getting great stories where people are like, you know, I just got this idea or I saw this need and I thought, here's my opportunity to love. And and that's why I'd say get up every morning and say, Jesus, open my eyes to opportunities to love. Wow, I can't thank you enough, Kathy Branzell and Cindy Marks, for sharing the hope that is public education, is sharing how we can get personally involved and for inspiring all of us. Kathy Branzell with Love 2020, Cindy Marks from the Modesto, California School Board. Thanks so much for being an I Work for Him today. Thank, thank you. you so much. God bless. Uh, you guys, you guys were great. Thank you. Hey, as we come to the end of another I Work for Him show, just a challenge. Go out there and join the Love 2020 movement. Make that commitment just right along the I Work for Am Nation commitment to be an impactor in your workplace, to bring an authentic touch of Jesus to your workplace. Start praying for those people that you come alongside each and every day. Start looking for ways to serve them and to pray with them and to look for ways to befriend them because it's through those relationships, as Cindy Mark said, it's through the relationships that her city started to repair. The wounds started to heal. They prayed as leaders. And Jesus brought healing to that community. It impacted lots of people, even the people that weren't praying. It still impacted them. You and I can make a difference in our communities, in our cities, in our country. It's all going to be through the power of prayer. Join the movement today, love2020.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.